Welcome back to another episode of FDA Insight. I'm Dr. Anand Shah, the Deputy Commissioner for Medical and Scientific Affairs here at the FDA. Thank you for joining us for another episode. This week, we'll be discussing digital health with our guest, Bakul Patel, who is the Director of Digital Health at the Center for Devices in Radiological Health, or CDRH, here at FDA. Bakul, welcome to FDA Insight. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Anand. So let's set the stage. What is digital health? Let's take a small step back. I think the digital health, the way I think about digital health is it's a convergence of technology, connectivity, and software that brings information and analytics in front of everybody, including patients and healthcare providers. So as we start thinking about what are some applications, so remote sort of care, which has become prevalent in these days, ingestible sensors, AI that's going to help uh, or already helping, you know, spotting lesions on images. I mean, all that technology that sort of drives better decision making in informing patients about how um, how their health is progressing or informing uh, doctors about um, how to take care of the patients in a much more efficient way is digital health. And that's kind of where we are heading in the future, where, we, where we're taking care in a different level for, for, uh, for, for patients in this, in, this, uh, in this country. Bakul, tell us a bit about FDA's new Digital Health Center of Excellence. Absolutely, Anand. Part of our work in the last decade and a half that we've been working on various aspects of, uh, of digital health, starting from mobile health, wireless technologies, as, as is planned evolution of the program at CDRH, and now broader than CDRH, is sort of affecting everything that FDA touches to some degree. And it's, it's a broader, than, broader than CDRH and devices, but it's also it sort of touches about healthcare and how we can enable that. So this center of excellence that we're we are in the process of launching is, is about making sure that FDA can lean forward and enable all stakeholders in its community internally, absolutely we will do that, but also create a platform for folks um, who are looking to have a, a location where they can get the right information about FDA's role how FDA is leaning forward and looking to advance this field as we start get excited about the potential of digital health sort of sort of fostering innovation, which is really safe, responsible, and effective. So what are the benefits of digital health tools for the average American? So these tools provide patients with wealth of easily accessible information. It provides patients with that connectivity with their provider that that makes it easier for them to either get their results looked up on their, on their phone, uh, either making appointments easier. So taking care of those things. And then more importantly, able to have patients manage their care as provided by the, by the clinicians. So especially chronic conditions that are really, really um, requires maintenance and management and having that close connection between the provider and the patients is really what sort of digital health tool sort of provides. Access to telemedicine offers convenience. For example, it could allow low-income patient to see a physician, you know, 30 miles away in, in the other parts of America where you have to travel that far. And now with this technology, you can, you can go visit a doctor right away. Those are the sort of benefits. 
You mentioned telemedicine, uh, which is so important during COVID-19. How can the FDA ensure that all Americans have timely access to high-quality, safe, and effective digital health products? Let's start with telemedicine. Telemedicine is something that we have about eight years ago um, in a policy document mentioned that it's something that we want to see go further. Hence, for those type of products in a medical care setting are not something that we would have an oversight on or we would not we would not be considering that as a medical device. So we, by that action itself, we allowed the space of telemedicine sort of grow. And we wanted to make sure that that keeps on growing. Let's then talk about the the power of digital health tools that can bring bring to the, the table. For example, I'll give a very easy example for a patient. Medication reminder um, is a tool that we would, we would consider that will help patients reminding taking medications on time, taking the right doses, et cetera. That's another policy we put out, which talks about, you know, that's something that we think benefits outweighs the risk. And hence, we would use our enforcement authorities to, uh, to look at, well, not those products, but other products that are actually much more riskier that may actually impact patient's decision-making. So that's sort of how we have sort of enabled and leaned forward. So there seem to be some benefits of sharing data from a digital health product with healthcare providers. Do consumers need to be concerned for the safety of their privacy? Look, electronic health records allow for sharing of patient information between healthcare providers. Um, there's, there's a need to have this interoperable information from one health system to another. Um, along with that, I think there's always a need to make sure that um, there's enough transparency in the system that patients understand how their how their data is used. Of course, there's going to be an, um, there's going to be a caution in terms of how this infrastructure is set up in the hospitals, so that we we are protecting the privacy of the patients. But ga- data gathered via wearables or that goes into um, goes into health, electronic health records or shared by patients to providers do need to consider sort of the implications of uh, Health Information Personal Protection Act, Privacy Protection Act, which is HIPAA, which is actually regulated by uh, Office of Civil Rights in HHS. You know, if you think about examples about um, if, you're, if you're downloading an, uh, at the direction of a healthcare provider an app that monitors your health data, then there are some, there are some portions of that would be covered by that law and needs to be protected. So makers of these products need to consider those things. Infrastructure providers for those for those data should be considering those things. So of course, we need to be more transparent and we need to make sure that it's interoperable so we can actually reap the benefits of this information. What digital health trends are you most excited about? I'll start off with uh, you know, a recent report I just read. I mean, the last few months, multiple market research reports have noted that Compounded uh, compounding annual growth rate uh, for digital health market is greater than 28%, which is fascinating. First, we're also seeing a lot of technology providers and innovators building evidence in these medical in these medical devices, in these technologies, in the digital health products, which are which is driving adoption. Um, I'm also excited to see that. Players who are not traditionally medical device in the medical device world or FDA regulated world are now entering this space, which I, I believe will drive innovation and sort of bring lessons learned from other sectors and industry to this sector 
and help us advance healthcare. Let's rewind a bit to telemedicine. Is this something that the FDA regulates? Um, I, I would say telemedicine is akin to video conferencing and the call we are having. So if we, uh, if we allow for that communication channels to be open, to allow for the patient-centeredness and patient-centered care to sort of be enabled, um, we have said in the past, telemedicine is not regulated. So to be very frank, we, we compare that telemedicine platform with the provider um, to be akin to video conferencing or teleconferencing. So we are not regulating those, but we wanna make sure that that technology that takes care of the privacy of the patients as well as information that's shared is secure. And I think, I think makers of this technology need to start thinking about those things. Bakul, I've spoken with quite a few folks during this pandemic about their feelings of loneliness and anxiety. How has the FDA responded to meet the needs for new mental health products? That's a fantastic question. And um, I, I totally would sort of hear the same thing when I'm talking to folks. And FDA, um, in during this pandemic, in this public health emergency, have sort of granted enforcement discretion, which means that we are allowing people to innovate in the space to solve some of those mental health problems. We did that action very early in the year. And most recently, we have granted author market authorization to new products that, that, that sort of help with this, with this space, act, actually addressing a lot more and addressing those populations that are actually vulnerable in this area. So that's, that's kind of what we are doing. We feel digital therapy will in uh, in those ways, either gaming, either through gaming or through other interactions with your smartphones or your smart you know, smart computers, will provide tools to deal with this with this crisis we have at, have at hand, and also help us work through um, this public health emergency. Can you tell our listeners about the flexibilities that FDA has provided to expand access to digital therapeutics? Absolutely. In response to COVID-19, just like mental health um, guidance that we put out, uh, FDA has set forth a wide number of policies. I think we are in the range of about 15 policies that we have increased flexibility, striking the balance between ensuring necessary regulatory oversight by and meeting the immediate needs. The fundamental thread, if you may see, between all those policies is we want people to stay distance. We want people to sort of be have access to those technologies, providers to have this access to those technologies, so they can actually sort of take care and people can manage their, their conditions on a day-to-day -day basis. FDA's steps to relax its requirements um, is, is more in line with sort of the needs of the public health emergency. I, I believe that the digital therapeutic devices in the future will provide more of these opportunities for people and more evidence be generated as we start getting more experience with these products. Bakul, you've shared a lot of helpful info for our listeners. I really appreciate you joining us on FDA Insight, and we look forward to hearing more about innovations in digital health. Thanks for having me, Anand. Technology changes so fast, and I'm sure there are going to be more innovations to come. And for that, we all need to be prepared for the digital health revolution. Thanks again. In future episodes, we'll be discussing more topics, including health fraud. As always, we'll be providing you insight in plain language to help you understand the products that we regulate, the issues that we face, and the processes that we follow. We hope you enjoyed this episode of FDA Insight. 
please subscribe on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcast, Google Play, and others. Thanks for listening. Thank you.